Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor so much this morning for this privilege. Amen. I'm sure most of us would have loved to be given this privilege. Amen. But I have it today. Amen. Tomorrow to be your turn. Amen. It is not just usual for a pastor to leave his, his podium for you, especially on a Sunday morning. Amen. And most especially when he has not seen you spoken to a congregation before. Amen. So it takes a lot of trust in you. It takes a lot of, you know, um, courage on a pastor to want to do that. And this morning, I don't want to take that for granted. I want you to join me to thank our pastor for this privilege. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. Amen. And one thing I've always said is that when you come into the house of God, it does not end there. Amen. You should be eager to do certain things. And so when they give you the opportunity, you would have to hold it in high esteem. Amen. And this morning, I want to thank God also for a privilege. Amen. It is church. And when we come to church, we are coming to meet God and not man. Hallelujah. As such, I want to believe that whatever happens here is done by God. Amen. When you go for a meeting and you are going to meet a CEO, the CEO speaks to you. Amen. When you go for an interview, you are, whatever you are going to meet speaks to you. Amen. When we come to church, if you go to the house of pastor, who are you going to meet? You are going to meet pastor. Amen. And this is the house of God. So we are coming to meet God. Amen. And so whatever is going to come this morning, I trust and I know it's going to come from God. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Lord will bless us. Amen. Shall we sing yet a short song even as we, we continue with what the choir has sung for us and invite God, invite our spirit, align our spirit to receive from God this morning. Amen. Coming to my heart Coming to my heart, coming to my heart, Lord Jesus, coming today, coming to stay, coming to my heart, Lord Jesus. Coming today, coming today, coming to stay, coming to my heart, Lord Jesus, coming to my heart, coming to my heart, coming to my heart, coming. To my heart, my Lord Jesus, coming today, coming to stay, coming to my heart, Lord Jesus, coming today, coming today, coming to stay. Coming to my heart, Lord Jesus, for the last time, coming today, coming to stay, coming to my heart. 
Lord, we thank you this morning. We bless your name, even for the opportunity to be in your house. For your word makes me understand that no one comes unto Christ except you, the Father, has drawn him to him. And so I've always trusted and believed that for me to come into your house is not my making, it's not my doing. And likewise, everyone that is gathered here this morning. And so having drawn us into your presence, it means you have something for us. For a father to call a son, to call a daughter, they say, come to me. It means there is a message for that son, there is a message for that daughter. It is our prayer this morning that you make that perfect message, oh God, be heard, oh God, this morning. It is our prayer that you minister to that special need you have identified in our lives, for which you have drawn us here this morning, that when we leave, it shall be a testimony unto you. In the name of Jesus, we bless your name. Holy Spirit, we salute you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I quickly want to speak within the shortest possible time on a message I've been guided by my father, Pastor Prince, to talk about. Hallelujah. And uh, I have titled my scripture, Growing Beyond the Believer Stage. Growing beyond the believer stage. Growing beyond the believer stage. Becoming a disciple of Christ. Hallelujah. Um, uh, my tree is not too good, but I'll try to use these two words in tree. Uh, a believer in tree is called what? Ojidini. Hallelujah. If you believe in Agbala, you are Ojidini. Hallelujah. If you believe in God, you are Ojidini. You are a believer. Hallelujah. If you believe in whatever deity that you believe in, you are a believer. Hallelujah. That is because you believe in that deity. And uh, we call ourselves Christians, which by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we'll get to understand this morning. We call ourselves Christians because we believe that we have accepted Christ. We believe Christ. We have accepted him as what? As our Lord and personal Savior. So you are a believer. There and there. You believe. You have confessed. You are a believer. Hallelujah. But there is something beyond being a believer. Amen. So it means that every one of us seated here is a believer. Amen. You know when Christ called the disciples, they were all believers. Because they all believed in him. Amen. So at the point of confessing Christ, you have become a believer. But you are not a disciple. Hallelujah. So you can be coming to church you can confess Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, but you may not be a disciple. You are a believer. And so the benefits of being a disciple, you will never reap. Hallelujah. I want to trust that all of us here this morning are, are trusting, are hoping, are working to become disciples of Christ. Amen. You know, scripture says that after Christ died, after the apostles began their work in the book of Acts. Hallelujah. Let's quickly go to that scripture. Let's quickly go to that scripture. Let's go to John 4 verse 13. John 4 verse 13. John chapter 4 verse 13. John 4 verse 13. If you are there, you can read for us. Okay. So this is a believer. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever, whosoever 
drinking of this water shall test, shall not test again. But whosoever, oh sorry, sorry, I think the scripture is not the right scripture. Um, John 11 verse 25. John 11 verse 25. John 11 verse 25. Yes. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Hallelujah. And 26 says, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? It means that once you believe in Christ, you have become a believer. Hallelujah. So he's telling the woman that once you believe in me, you have become a believer. And you will not die again. Hallelujah. And it's not talking about a physical death. It's talking about your salvation. Hallelujah. And so there were people who had believed in Christ, who had followed Christ, but were never disciples. Why do I say they were never disciples? We'll get to know. Amen. Now I want us to look at who is a disciple. Who is a disciple? A disciple is just like an apprentice. A disciple is just like an apprentice. And I hope you are getting it clear now. And who is an apprentice? An apprentice is someone who is learning to become like his master. Hallelujah. An apprentice is someone who is understanding his, his, his master to become like his master. Hallelujah. And well, from the word Christian, Christian is the word Christ-like. So if I want to be like pastor, I can be called um, prince-like because I have studied pastor and I have become like him. That is what we say literally. We call people junior because we think that they have taken after their father. They are like their father. Amen. That is a Christian. So if you cannot live as Christ, you are not a Christian. You are a believer. Hallelujah. No, are, you, are we getting it? You are a believer, yet if you cannot live as Christ, you are not a Christian. Because you have not been an apprentice of Christ. You have not been a disciple of Christ. Then what it means is that every benefit that you get as a disciple of Christ, you cannot get it. Hallelujah. That is why we are being attacked by sicknesses here and every day. It is not you alone. I'm included. Hallelujah. That is why you do not have physically and you think you do not have at all because you don't know you have spiritually because you are not a disciple. So you cannot join in your spiritual blessings. But it is in the joining in your spiritual blessing that there comes the birthing of your physical blessing. But if you are not a disciple, you cannot be like Christ. You know, Christ lived on earth knowing very well that he was going to suffer. But he was joined in the spiritual blessing he was going to get after. Hallelujah. And so, I live, I have shared this over and over again that I lived those days with my mom. When um, in the evening we have nothing to eat. We have nothing to eat. And then my mom would take the hymn. You take the hymn now. Those days the EP hymn now. She would raise a song and it's a song of thanksgiving. We would sing it. Then she would inspire us. Make us know that your today being poor is not your tomorrow being poor. And then we join in it. And it's that inspiration that has driven me to this point today. And I can say God has never failed me. 
Because I had joy. I was taught to take joy, to take happiness in my physical poverty because I am spiritually rich. Hallelujah. That is what? Being a disciple. Being. So I've come to the point where, I mean, I am actually not really moved by a lot of things. Amen. Because I was taught when I was young. Amen. I was told when I was young that I should give thanks when I don't have. I should give thanks when, I, when I'm sick. I should give thanks when I'm, when I'm in need. Amen. And most of the time, it is in that thanksgiving that my blessing or the answer to my prayer comes. You know, when Christ was teaching us the disciples' prayer, he preceded with something. What do we do? We praise the Lord. We thank him. Our Father who art in heaven. Amen. No, but can you, can you be can you be that poor? You know, you are working for your master. He's not giving you anything. He's not paying you. And you still go and bow down to him and you are worshipping him. Is it possible? It takes a disciple to do that. It takes uh, an apprentice who believes in the master to see that today we are not getting a job. The jobs are not coming. I mean, I'm not getting my job money, but I believe in my master. And as such, I am going to follow him because I know he is good and tomorrow the jobs are going to come. And such an apprentice, even when you earn your job and your master have the opportunity, he will appoint you. And that is exactly what God will do to us when we decide to become disciples. This morning, I want to ask you, are you a disciple already? Have you decided to be a disciple? Are you a disciple already? Or have you decided to be a disciple? Hallelujah. You cannot be a disciple by then. You know, when I, I was writing down this point, it spoke so much to me. It spoke so much to me. You cannot be a disciple without, I mean, greeting your master day. You cannot be a good apprentice without doing the things that you've got to do for your master daily, even though he has not done what he's got to do for you. You cannot be a disciple without going to the voice, hearing the voice of your master daily. That is the word of God. You cannot. Because as an apprentice, it takes the voice, the words, the directions of your master to make you also become a master. So if your master is not speaking to you daily, you cannot become a master. So you cannot be a, a disciple and uh, you know, don't go to your scriptures daily. Then how are you going to work? How are you going to work? And most of us are like that. The scriptures, you know, Tuesday, uh, Brother La was helping us doing the teaching service. And we learned about how traditional things in being a disciple of Christ cannot help us. Traditionally deciding that for me, I read my Bible in the morning and that's it. So in the morning, if you are not able to read your Bible, the Bible is down there. And you go out as an apprentice, how will you work? So you go and you fail. You go out and you fail. Because you have not taken the instructions of your master that morning. You want to do it when you are going to bed. Then by the time you come back home, you are so tired, you can't go to your scriptures. And you sleep. And that is when the Uhundia's dreams will come. Amen. Because we have not taken the word of our master for the day. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to look at a few qualities of a disciple of Christ. 
a few qualities to guard us in our strife, to guard us in our longing to become a disciple of Christ. Because I want to believe that at this point, we are all, if we are not there yet, we are all yearning, we are all anxious, we are all thinking about how we can become good disciples of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's read Luke 14, verse 25. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Okay, so 25 and 26. 25 says, And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yeah, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Hallelujah. You know, those days, um, I didn't meet so much of it, but whilst being young, I, I saw a lot of people when we say uh, the person has become born again. Those days, when someone says he has become born again, if you are not careful, even the food they eat in the house, you will not eat. Because he has gone for some prayers and they are telling him that the house is full of witches. Amen. He turns back on a lot of things. His friends. He turns back on families that he believes within himself that are not going to help him to get to the destination or the path he's chosen for himself. He turns back on many of those things. And that is what the scripture is talking about. To be a disciple of Christ, I want to go back to the scriptures very early in the morning, listening to the voice of the master before you begin your day. You cannot sleep for eight hours a day and be a possible disciple of Christ who reads or who hears the voice of the father in the morning before he begins his day. It is it is it's an impossible. Hallelujah. Eight hours. That means that you possibly may be sleeping from probably um, 10 p.m. to about 6 a.m. Or you are sleeping from 9 to about 7 o'clock. Or you are sleeping from 8 to about 6 o'clock. Will you be able to do that? So one of the things you have to give up on is your comfort. Sleep is comfort. Sleep is what? It's comfort. And to be a good disciple of Christ... You have to give up on certain things that make you comfortable. That is what Christ is saying. He's not talking literally about deciding that you are no more my mother because I want to follow Christ. No. He's talking about the things that take our attention. The things that take our time. I remember uh, something which I later on realized was the will of God. Whilst I was in school, whilst I was in the tertiary school, for my second and final year, I was quite involved in the campus church. And I was dating. And you know, sometimes, um, people say when, if you don't have, and you are doing the work of God, you use all your strength and all your time to do it. Because you don't have, you don't have money. You cannot tip instrumentalists, hallelujah. I'm speaking literal. Hallelujah. I know I was involved in so much of the campus church that it was either the activities of the campus church or my books. I didn't even have so much time for Mondays 
I wasn't going for lectures. I'm not telling you as students here not to go for lectures because of the work of God. Hallelujah. But I get so much tired over the weekend that Mondays, my 5.30 a.m. lectures, sometimes I can't even go. So immediately I get up, I get my notes, I get the handouts from French, and I spend time on it. And uh, my girlfriend at that time, I couldn't talk to her on phone anymore. I couldn't have time to chat with her because there was so much to be done. And because of that, she felt I didn't have time for her anymore, so we should break up. Hallelujah. If I had time for her so much at that time, I'm not sure I would have been here today. So literally, I didn't just decide to, to part ways with her, but because I wanted to be a disciple, God has to find a way to let her live my life so that I can study under God. So at certain times, things that are so dear to you, you have to let go of them if you want to be a disciple of Christ. Hallelujah. That is what the scripture is saying. It's saying, my second point, you would have to have extraordinary love for people. To be a good disciple of Christ, one of your qualities is that you will have to have extraordinary love for people. Hallelujah. You know, Christ was very comfortable in the realms of heaven. Hallelujah. He was very, very comfortable before he was presented with a petition by his father. And uh, he had to think through. Amen. There is a message I love to listen to so much. That is the love revolution. And the, the speaker, Pastor Isu, present uh, a situation that if I visualize it, I get to understand the love Christ has for us. I get to understand it. He said when Christ was hung on the cross and when he screamed and called his father, can you imagine when you are being beaten to death and then your father is standing there watching you and then you call on him and he turns his back on you. Is that possible? Can you do that as a father? You cannot do that. And it was not as if Christ did not know that he was going to be hung on the cross before he came to earth. He knew everything. It's like um, a military man who is going on missions and they are telling you A, B, C is what is going to happen and this is what you must do. You may at times have to go through this. And yet because you are committed to, to protecting your country, you go on that mission. That was Christ. And so he presented it like this. He said at that point, God could not watch his son die. And so we say God never sleeps. But at that point, he closed his eyes. That was why there was a sudden darkness upon all of the earth. Because at that point, God could not observe his son dying on the cross. On the cross. And so he had to close his eyes for a few seconds. And that was why there was darkness. It is a pictorial presentation. It doesn't actually mean that that is how it is. But what am I saying? I want you to understand the deep love Christ had for humanity. I want you to understand the deep love Christ had for humanity. A brother told me something when I was on campus. And uh, I have tried also to be doing same. That brother made me understood what it means by calling somebody a brother from another mother. Amen. When I didn't have, 
There was nothing like I didn't have. We did not have. And that is Pastor Stephen. One of the people who helped me whilst I was in school. And why I was able to finish school. I mean, he, he, he was such a brother and loved me so much that we had to share our clothing, our shoes. I share his shoes with him. Because I then had to look presentable as, as a disciple of Christ on campus. And I did not have. That is the kind of love we are talking about. The love you have for the other person that takes something that naturally you wouldn't have let go from you. To be a true disciple of Christ, you should have such a love. Other than that, how can you reach out to a madman? How can you reach out to people who are living in slums? How can you reach out to people who ordinarily hate you? You know this man hates me. You know he has attempted to kill me before. He has attempted to cause harm to me before. How do you minister to such a person if you don't have deep love for humanity? And like I've said from the beginning, to be called a Christian, it means that you are living like Christ. And so those are one of the attributes you should have so that you can be called Christ-like. You should have deep love for the other person. Deep love for humanity. Hallelujah. I mean, I have said it over and over and I am praying that I can work also like that. That you come to church and there is division. You come to church and we have classes. You come to church and you can see clearly that this one is belonging to the group of the poor. And this one is belonging to the group of the rich. No! It did not happen like that at the beginning. The Bible said they live together. They share together. Everything that they have, they shared among yourself such that no one was in need of. And that is why they said they were living like Christ. Does that happen in our church today? I'm not asking you alone. I'm asking myself as well. If we want to be disciples of Christ, we would have to go back to those days when, when you have like times when we had COVID, you know that what I have can take me for two days. My brother didn't have what can take him for a day. You donate. And we believe God that God will take care of all of us for the next day. That when it's Christmas time, you don't come and give gift to your rich friends in church. You don't give gift to people you know can give back to you. But you give, bring your giftings and you give it to people you know may not be able to replicate that to you. That is the kind of love I'm talking about. Can we get to that point? I pray that New High Temple, we shall get to that point. Hallelujah. New High Temple, you know, my grandma told me a story. She said when ICGC was starting, those days at Bedding Power, there were Sundays that they say when you are coming, bring a gift. Hallelujah. And you know when you come to church, you don't determine where you sit. Amen. You don't, apart from the pastor and probably the protocol or elders, the rest, you don't determine where you sit. And so when they go, they bring their giftings. By the time you are closing, they tell you that gift or gift to the person who is sitting next to you. Can we do that in New Heights? Would we be able to do that? When you know that when you give me, there is no way I can give back to you. But yet you decide to give me. I pray that we'll come to that point. Hallelujah. I wanted to take our last point, then I'll bring my message to an end. To be a disciple of Christ, you must be evangelistically bold. Hallelujah. You must be what? 
you must be evangelistically bold. You must have the boldness of an apostle. You must have the boldness of a disciple. Amen. And you know what the good thing, the good news is that that boldness is not, it's not physical. That boldness does not come from you. That boldness does not come from your making. That boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. So to be a disciple of Christ, you know, the disciples, they had studied Christ for a long time. But they couldn't exhibit it. Amen. Because they lacked one thing, the boldness. The boldness. Peter had to, you know, turn his back on Christ. It wasn't because within him, he felt like doing it. But he lacked the boldness to do it. Hallelujah. And you know, as a disciple of Christ, the Lord is ready to give to you with that boldness when you come to him. Amen. That is why scripture says in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number one, he said, when they gathered together and they were praying, hallelujah, the Lord what? He released the power of the Holy Spirit upon them. So if within you, you are not willing to do it, you don't have the love to do it, you have not studied to be convicted to do it, you cannot pray for that boldness. But I want to pray this morning that all of us here in New Heights will begin to have that edge, will begin to have that longing, will begin to have that hunger to go out. And when we have that hunger and we gather and we pray, the Lord will gift each and everyone that gifting. The Lord will give us that boldness to be able to go out, speak his word, win souls, increase the numbers in the church, share whatever we have. Then the church becomes a family. Hallelujah. You know, as humans, sometimes we exhibit that fear. What do I say? How do I do it? After all, my own life is not an example. That is the first thing that always draws us back. My own life is not an example. How do I go to talk to the people? Change today. Hallelujah. Amen. I said what? If you want to be a disciple, change today. Let your life speak. That when your life is speaking, when you go to God praying, that, oh Lord, bless me with boldness, with power to reach out, you will not be hearing another voice behind you telling you, are you sure you are fit? That is why you begin to murmur in your prayer. Then the prayer ends there. Then your journey is truncated. But if you decide to change your life, you decide to live right, when you pray, no voice will tell you that, are you right yourself? then the Lord releases the power upon you. I pray that we we'll begin to desire to live that exemplary life that will give us the boldness to go before God, receive the power to be his apostles, go out there and win souls for the church. Hallelujah. After that, after that boldness and that power, you know I'm an example. Don't be afraid. All you need is your life. If your life is ready, God will give it to you. Amen. I said, if your physical life is ready, God will give it to you. Amen. And the scripture says that when we win souls, when you win souls, okay, that is when, um, this is what they literally say, you own a mansion in heaven. Amen. And I don't believe it's only in heaven. Hallelujah. When you win souls, God blesses you here on earth. It's a commission. Yes, from a marketing perspective. It's a commission. The commission you get from God for winning a soul 
is a blessing, the physical blessings of God. That is the commission God gives you. So if you don't win so you don't get that commission. Hallelujah. And you see, some of the commissions may not necessarily be material things. But even the peace you have is a commission from God. People have it. I mean, people have it. But they don't have that commission from God. The peace in their homes, they don't have it. They have the material things. I have friends, I have colleagues who go to work and when they are on off, they can't go home. Because the house is on fire. I mean, elderly men, elderly people. Because the house is on fire. It's a blessing from God. To have a peaceful marriage, to have a peaceful home, to have a peaceful mind, it's a blessing from God. And I pray the Lord will bless us with that blessing. Amen. I want to inspire you by ending with this. When I was called to be a leader on campus, it was a higher calling I had never dreamt of before. I have never dreamt of that. I was not physically prepared for that. In my mind, psychologically, I was not. So there and there, I declined. And they didn't mind me. They said they would talk to me later. So at the meeting, I was feeling so, I mean, I was perceiving myself. Can I do this? Can I handle this? A lot of thoughts were going through my mind and I started crying. Then I left the meeting. Then when I got to my room, I bursted out in prayer, crying to God. Why do you want to embarrass me? Because you know I am not ready physically for this. I am not ready psychologically for this. How do I do it? How do I give to people when I don't have? That is the position of many pastors. But you know why they are able to do it? The Lord has blessed them with the boldness and the strength to do it. So the Lord decided to bless me. He touched me. And from then, I had the boldness to do what I did on campus. It's my prayer this morning that even as pastor has declared this season as a season of discipleship, the Lord will bless us with that boldness. The Lord will bless us with that heart of love. The Lord will bless us with that heart that is longing to work for him. The Lord will bless us with that heart that wants to reach out. The Lord will bless us with that heart that wants to live right and win souls for God. And lastly, the Lord will bless us with a heart that will make us commit our substances to the winning of souls, to missions, to reaching us, to the building of the church. And before the Lord can bless you with that heart to give, the Lord must bless you with the material need. It is my prayer this morning that the Lord will bless us with material blessings. The Lord will bless us with our heart desires. The Lord will position us to be of behalf to the next person beside you. The Lord will position us to be able to say, I can help you because the Lord has positioned you. That is my prayer for us tonight. Can you kindly be on your feet with me this morning, even as you lift up your voice in prayer? And say, oh Lord, I want to be a disciple. I want to be a vessel. You are true. Lord, I want to be more like you. Oh, I want to be more like you. 
Jesus, Lord, I want to be more like you. want to be a vessel. want to be a vessel. You are king. Oh, I want to be more like you. You know, the church needs a lot of vessels to work through. Hallelujah. The church needs vessels and we can't even get. Not because some of us don't have the spare time to do it. Not because we don't have what it takes to do it. But we don't have the heart to do it. Nothing is convicting us to avail ourselves to be used by God in the church, in the building of his house. This morning you want to pray one prayer. Oh Lord, give me that heart that will make me avail myself to be a vessel for your use. That the church new high temple can expand to affirm myself to do visitations to affirm myself to do uh, outreaches to affirm myself with my substance to provide for the needy that people will feel love in the church and will get committed to the church lift up your voice and pray for the next one minute for yourself give me the boldness give me the hearts Give me the spirit. Give me the power. Give me the anointing to be like you. In the name of Jesus. Our prayer this morning, oh Lord, that you make us vessels that you work through. You make us vessels that you will use. You make us vessels to reach out. You make us vessels. You make us instrument of peace. Instrument of your love. Instrument of your power. Instrument of your anointing. Instrument of your deliverance. Onto our world. Onto our community. Onto our nation. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' name.